0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan. This morning, we're going to explore emergency buffer funds or cash buffers, a reserve level of cash that will help tide us through tough times without having to tap into funds like our EPFs or having to force sell other investments or assets, something that has been very much highlighted over the last year. How much emergency cash should you have? What are the key do's and don'ts? And should you be investing the money? all this and more as I explore this topic with Annie Hall, licensed financial advisor with Harveston Financial Advisory. So anyway, we take a look at cash buffers or emergency buffer funds, what's a good amount to have?
1: A good uh, amount to have is about three months and best if you can push it to six months if you're an employee. Uh, if you have a self-employed or a business owner, you should have at least six to 12 months. Why? Because I don't think anyone saw this pandemic you know, and this mm. lockdown extending to this year, right? Or possible even more. So we don't know where we are headed in the next six months even. So better more than less.
0: And this is uh, three to six months of expenses?
1: Yeah, six, three to six months of your expenses.
0: And uh, um, would you recommend strictly expenses or general cash outflows, right? Because we, sometimes, you know, we, are, uh, we do monthly investing and things like that. How comprehensive should the math be here?
1: I guess the 3 months right now would be to cover the most uh, the, the things that you really need to pay. For example, like your your mortgages, your daily essentials, your insurance premium. Um then after that, of course, if you can build then you, once you have that, then the uh, that's why I say you can have 3 to 6 months. Then you can build up for your savings and your investments and etc. Those are not your core, not your most important at this point especially, but the, you need to have the three months at least to cover things that you cannot avoid.
0: Um, yeah. When we take a look at the, the whole building up of a cash buffer, what are some of the key do's and don'ts here? Because uh, sometimes when I talk to people, my friends or my family, they will consider things like their APF or even their, their normal savings as a cash buffer. Um, what do you think about all this and what are some of the key do's and don'ts that you have on your list?
1: For your cash buffer or your emergency funds, they are meant to be liquid and safe from investment volatility, which means that you should not be taking this money to put in stock markets or even unit trust or investments, investment vehicles. You never invest your emergency funds, okay? At least the minimum three months, you do not do that. Example, because... Um, if you have taken out like um, the six months, for example, from this moratorium as a standby because you do not know if um, you're going to lose a job, for example, or, or something might happen, but six months down the road, nothing happens, all right? You should consider paying back your loan, for example, because if you don't, you might end up spending it on things like uh, things on you don't need or making a reckless decision, uh, so, so basically talking about why you should not uh, be investing your emergency funds is because you really do not know when you need this money. And if you invest in any invest investment and tomorrow you need the money and your investment is down by 20%, you have just lost 20% of your emergency funds. So I know people also are, uh, but de- depending on uh, each preference, I've spoken to people and they say that, do I really want to put my emergency funds in just fixed D or savings account? Because the interest is just so low, for mm-hmm. example, right? So, so, I think most important is you must understand and earmark this as um, uh, emergency funds that you cannot touch for investment. and if you want to do investment, build up another pool of money just for investment
0: I think that's a key point there right you shouldn't be considering this money as investing money or for your future it's not for growth this is protection money essentially to keep you to tide you through tough times and you need it to be liquid you need it to be protected Um, and you need to consider it as a completely separate I think a separate pillar in your overall personal finances Um, which is basically what you just said. So uh, I'm basically just copying what you said there, Annie, and just (laughs) reiterating it.
1: Yeah, and actually one more thing is that when when you know that this is an emergency fund, for example, you do not use this emergency fund to go on a holiday, Mm -hmm. you know? So say for example, everyone's like cringing to travel, right? And then <laughs> suddenly, you know, let's say the lockdown is lifted or the cases are lower. Everybody feels like they want to travel or do a staycation and they realize that, hey, we have some money in the emergency funds and let's use them. <laughs> never do that <laughs> yeah so I
0: think this is the, the yeah. most important point here when it comes to a cash buffer the The emergency buffer fund is a separate pool of cash that is not supposed to be used for anything else it's only supposed nope. to be break yeah. in case of emergency kind of situation like we've, right. Right, like we've seen over the last one two years right where people have lost yeah. jobs they've lost incomes uh, there's yes. a lot of uncertainty in the market it's All not right. a, it's not a pool of money to invest it's not for your future growth yep. it's not for your retirement it's for you All to right. be able to sleep at at night, knowing you have a bit of security yeah. there. Um, Correct. So while we don't talk about returns when it comes to uh, these kind of emergency buffer funds, there are different ways to keep the money, right? So one of the ways, mm. like I have split my emergency buffer fund between my savings account, fixed deposits and money market funds. Uh, mm. What do you think about this kind of mix, Annie?
1: I think that's a great mix first. You know, you have your um, savings and fixed D and money markets because those are very secure, okay? You're not going to lose your money because you put your money in the savings account. The only way you lose it if you it is only if you take <laughs> it out <laughs> and use it, okay? So, um, that would be... But I have another... I, I, there's another way you could do it is you could... If you have a housing loan, you could also park your... Right. Um, park your emergency in your housing loan as a capital prepayment. So, and it's also uh, fairly liquid in a sense that like, for example, my bank allows me to just say, hey, okay, I, I park this money in, in my housing loan. and But I tell them that, I, I, I confirm that, oh, this money I can take out anytime I want. They say yes, okay. And then after that, when I want to, to take out the money, I just go to the bank, fill up some forms and pay like a, I don't know, like a what uh, administration fee, for example, a small administration fee. And then, and then they will allow me to take out if I need the money. And that is part, it, is, it reduces my uh, outstanding loan at the same time. Although I, I may not see the calculation of like 3 4%, for example, like what you see in your fixed D and your, um, uh, no, no, fixed D has no 3% anymore, sorry. <laughs> but if, for example, in your money market or your fixed D for over 1% or 2%, you know, but at least I know that my money is secure in a housing. loan. No, I don't use it. It's not, it's not touchable. But if I want it, it's there.
0: And will this basically reduce your interest payments for your mortgage? Is that, what's, is that the benefit of this?
1: Yes. Yes. My monthly installment will still be the same. All right. But the, calcula- the, the outstanding... Because how, how your mortgage calculation is that your interest is based on your... Uh, is a daily rest calculation, which is based on your outstanding loan on that day, for example.
0: Right, so what it could end up doing is I could be paying for a shorter amount of time in the longer run.
1: Yes, correct. My monthly installment will still be the same. So for example, if I have a 30, 30 years loan and I park some emergency funds there and I don't use it, And along the way, I continue to service my loan as per normal, and I could reduce my tenure by a couple of years.
0: Right, because essentially, the amount of money you've stored there is offsetting the amount of uh, uh, capital or or principal that is essentially being charged interest. Do I have that about right? Yes. Correct. All right, so the other three three things I mentioned were savings accounts, fixed deposits, and money markets. So, very quickly, savings account, I think we're all familiar with that. It's the, Mm -hmm. the account, the most liquid one, easy to access. Success. Fixed deposit will have a, a lowest interest <laughs> savings account, of course. Fixed deposit, <laughs> yep. I think somewhere between one and a half to just under 2% mm. nowadays mm. for 12 yep. months. But again, you lock yep. in that money, but it is uh, insured by PIDM. And then we have money market yes. funds, which have become a bit more uh, popular recently with, with Stash Away, yep. Versa, and even uh, TNGE wallets options that they're providing. But the difference yep. here is, while the the rates are a bit higher, I think somewhere between two and two point four percent, depending on the product, it's not insured because it's an investment product and not a bank deposit. Is there anything else we should be aware of when we're taking a look at these different options?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of money markets out in the market, and that's uh, that. Like you, as you mentioned, also there's um, there's a lot of typical Malaysian investor that do not know about this option. All right. So um, yes, they are a form of investment. Um, just say, for example, like um, there are other options like stash away, for example. Um, just be very. Co- so clients have asked me and said that should I put my money in stash away? You know, simple Versa or whatever is out there. I said that um, for me, I I say that for me, the first three months or six months of my emergency funds, I will park in my housing loan or. Mm-hmm. The, the the if if you don't have a housing loan, then the savings account or a fixed deposit, for example, okay? Then the next six months, the next... Okay, so say, for example, if you're a self-employed, you do six months of um, parking in a housing loan, all right? Then you have another six months because I mentioned you need to have 12 months, right? Yep. Then that the other six months, you can do things like Stash Away Simple, all right? Because I, I know and I... It's really miserable to see that, you know, all 12 months go into a very low return account, all right? But um, I personally have six months in the housing loan and the other six months, I actually do some small investment, all right? When I say investment, it's because this investment, I have it running for years already, okay? And it's built up more than, um, um, I considered that as my form of one of the emergency funds slash investment. So it's a little bit different for what we have mentioned earlier, like you never should not, should not invest your emergency fund. But what, what I'm saying that you should not invest your first three or six months, but the rest of it, you can slowly build it up.
0: And uh, here's, a, I guess, a, a quick hack, I think, for people who, if you, if you want to leave your money in your savings account, but you're worried you're going to spend it, um, have a second savings account, basically. That's what I've done, right? So, you've, you've put, uh, yes. I put my emergency buffer fund. The most liquid yes. stuff is in a separate bank account, which I don't really use. So, just don't forget right. your password or your debit card or your PIN. That's, that's <laughs> going to be a problem. Um, but, you know, it's right. actually just separation, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I highly encourage people to have multiple bank accounts or even in the same bank account, you have multiple, uh, you know, like in, for example, in CIMB Bank, you can have like two savings Mm accounts or one current account, for example, right? Just like any other banks. So if you you could do that or you could have um, multiple bank accounts so that, for example, if your salary comes in from um, A bank, for example, and you just want to channel your money to B bank so that you don't use it and that B bank is actually for emergency, you know, and you can have a C bank for like holiday or whatsoever that you want to do.
0: On that note, Annie, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Roshan.
0: I've been speaking with Annie Hall, Licensed Financial Advisor with Harveston Financial Advisory. And you've been listening to Ring It and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Karnasen for BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast.